1: All right, here we go now with a new name for the B.C. Liberal Party. I got Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, joining me early here. Keith, good morning. Thank you for coming. Okay, the cat's out of the bag on this. This was the worst-kept secret in B.C. politics anyway. Well, but it's, it, a, it's official now, right? B.C. United.
2: Yep, and no surprise. I mean, everyone... Uh, Basically, thought this was going to happen. Once Kevin Falcon and the party executive wanted this changed, it, you yeah. know, the party membership is going to do what you know the leader and, and the membership want, uh, and the executive want, So, no surprise. So, BC United now there's going to be lots of jokes. This is the latest uh, football team to join uh, the Premier League and such. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting gamble by the BC Liberals. You and I have talked about this many times before. They won many elections under the banner of the BC Liberals, even when there was the BC, the federal Liberals were not in power in Ottawa. So, but we're arguing there's confusion amongst people that they mistake the federal Liberals with the provincial level liberal, Liberals. But uh, I don't know; it's it's a gamble. We'll see if it works. And
1: it passed easily oh, in this vote yeah, here, 180%. right? Eighty percent. Eighty percent. So the party members vote eighty percent to change the party name. Only about
2: eight thousand people vote. It so wasn't a oh. huge uh, turnout here. Eight eight thousand one hundred and eighteen members participated um, which is which the news release says which is 3 quarters of the entire NDP membership prior to the Apidurai entering the disastrous oh. NDP leadership.
1: So
2: <laughs> Let's check in take with Take a shot at your opponent when you can.
1: Yeah, why not? Well, the NDP are already firing oh, firing yeah. too here yeah. saying that, you know, Falcon can try to change his spots here but, you know, they're, they're still the party of the rich and privileged. Yeah. is what the yeah. NDP are saying. <laughs> Let's check in with Caroline Elliot now, Vice President of the well, Caroline, I guess you're the vice president of B.C. United now, right?
0: Well, I soon will be, I suppose. We have yet to <laughs> implement the change, and it has yet to be ratified through our uh, through our convention that's required for our Constitution. But yes, uh, someday, hopefully soon, uh, we'll be B.C. United, and I guess I'll be the vice president of that.
1: Right, okay. Caroline Elliott is currently the vice president of the B.C. Liberal Party. Carol- do you support the name change, Caroline?
0: Yes, I have uh, all along, as did our leader right. Kevin Falcon um, yeah. and you know and and so do our members. Eighty percent voting in favor of changing the party name is is pretty exciting it's It's actually a bigger mandate than I expected. I knew i well I didn't know, but I suspected it would pass just based on conversations I'd had with members uh everywhere I went around the province, and uh eighty percent is is it certainly surpassed my expectations, so we are happy about that.
2: Hey Caroline, it's Keith here. Uh, any concern that by dropping the liberal part of the name that you might lose some liberal voters?
0: Well, I mean, that's always been a consideration. I think the important thing is that we're actually presenting a overall, uh, you know, a vision that resonates with people, federal liberals, federal conservatives, uh, and unaffiliated people, frankly. Um, so it's, it's going to be, and, and we've long said this, it's going to be way more than just a name change. Uh, the, the renewal's got to be comprehensive, and this is one Aspect of that. It's an important aspect, but not as important probably as, you know, the leadership we're seeing under Kevin Falcon. The, the candidates were out there recruiting like Eleanor Sterko and of course the policies that we're going to be coming out with as well.
2: Are you, are you going to keep the B.C. Liberal um, name registered with B.C. Elections to ensure no one else can use that name?
0: Yes. Yeah. So uh, as of this moment, we have BC United and, of course, BC Liberal Party uh, registered with Elections BC and will retain the registration of both of those uh, and right. the associated domains uh, just to make sure that, that it doesn't get used, uh, you mm. know, uh, for mischievous purposes.
1: Right, so it'll still be on the books, but it'll just go, I guess, go dormant, I suppose. That's right. All right, yeah, because you don't want anyone playing some dirty tricks here and taking over the Liberal Party here. Right. You no, know,
0: so we've tried. Yeah. We've been we've been smart about how we've done it, and and you know if you actually look at the elections BC uh, sort of party registrations, there's all kinds of parties with all kinds of names um, associated with them. So this will just be very much in keeping with that.
2: How how expensive is a name change like this? I mean, you've got to change all your your logos, your emblems, your names, your letterhead, your software, your website, uh, all that. Is that uh, been calculated?
0: Um, It hasn't been calculated into a specific number. I mean, we do know that every, like, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I mean, every dollar we spend on election readiness will be putting our new ma- name out there. And I think every dollar we spend on putting our new name out there will be part of election readiness. And, you know, the message we got in 2020 around the need for renewal uh, was resounding. And I think we have to be serious about that. And, 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 of course, as I said right at the top, you know, the name change is one part of that, but it's certainly not all of it. Uh, but it does send a message that, look, we're we're taking this seriously and we're going to be doing things differently. And I think that will help us in the election long term.
1: Speaking to Caroline Elliott, vice president of the B.C. Liberal Party, soon to be the B.C. United Party. The name change has gone through easily here. Eighty percent of party members voting in favor of the name change. How much of this was related to uh, the current state of federal politics, would you say? I mean, Justin Trudeau seems to be in a bit of a decline, the federal Liberal Party down a little bit in the polls, the federal Conservatives under a new leader, Pierre Polyev going up. Is that part of the calculation here to drop the Liberal name here in B.C., just so you don't get sort of tarnished with that, that Trudeau brush?
0: You know, that's not what it's about at all. I mean, this has been a discussion that's been underway in the party for, you know, the better part of two decades, I think. And regardless of which party has been, you know, ascendant or descendant federally, it's still been a conversation that's happened. I mean, even when the federal liberals were on an uptick, there um, there were conversations about changing the name. So it's not really about that. It's just better expressing our our broad coalition and the, and the big tent of people that are inside that, whether they're federal conservatives, federal liberals, or, unaff- or unaffiliated whatsoever. I mean, most people don't belong to a, a, a political party at all. So I think this just represents that a lot better than our old name did.
2: Was any of this driven by concerns that the B.C. Conservative Party, which is not quite moribund, but it's, it's showing more signs of life, Uh, that it could continue to grow a little bit and perhaps poach voters away from the B.C. Liberals in key uh, ridings, as they did in 2020 in places like Langley and Chilliwack. That By dropping um, the Liberal name, you you don't turn off potential Conservative voters.
0: I think that was a motivation for a number of people probably who voted in favour of it. Um, it's not something that we were as a party thinking specifically about, I don't think, in terms of driving this. I mean, the real driver behind it was the fact that it's just been a conversation again and again. And we hear it all the time. You know, is this name right for us? And finally, what Kevin Falcon said is let's just put it in front of our members. And, and right from the get go, let's put it in front of our members as to whether we even want to consider that name in the first place. And that was that convention vote we saw that where a strong majority said, yeah, let's at least think about it. Leading up to the submission process, we got just 2,000 submissions of different names we could consider using. Uh, we went with BC United because that was the most popular among them. Uh, and then finally, of course, just this vote that we held recently. So Kevin's, uh, Kevin Falcon's perspective as leader has been like, let's just make sure that the members want to do this. Let's put it in their hands and, and see where it goes. Yeah. And, and that's where it's taken us.
1: Caroline, thank you for coming on.
0: Yeah, thank you. Okay.
1: It's official now, the BC Liberal Party changing their name to BC United. So this passes by 80% of party members. Phone me and tell me what you think about it. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Why are they doing it? Well, here's Kevin Falcon speaking to me on an earlier show explaining why they want to do this name change. Have a listen to this.
3: It's more about whether whether it sometimes creates genuine confusion, that some in the public just genuinely think federal politics immediately. So if they see, you know, a BC Liberal name and they think, oh, yeah, I, I don't vote Liberal, I vote Conservative, or whatever the case may be, then they mistakenly often vote for another party when they meant to actually vote for, you know, a
1: private sector-driven economy party like ours. Do you think that's true, that people no. make a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
2: don't. Uh, the Liberals won four elections, yeah. uh, and actually... Uh, Actually, four or five. They They've topped the polls in terms of popular vote in six elections, six yeah. consecutive elections until 2020. 96, they lost uh, the seat count, but they had the most popular votes. And then 01, 05, 09, uh, 2013. 2017, they had the most seats, but they didn't have a majority. So... There, if there was confusion, there sure wasn't much confusion because right. they had some pretty hefty majorities in, in some of those years.
1: How much of it is just trying to kind of bury Falcon's past? I mean, a very prominent finance minister and in the Gordon Campbell government well, I, I that think, became very unpopular and maybe wants just people to forget about that.
2: Yeah, I think that may be part of it. I think uh, I think there's um, there's certainly an argument after the 2017 and 2020 results, particularly the 2020, which was really... a a historic win for the NDP, and winning in seats they'd never even come close before. As the Liberals went through this this uh, renewal process, it was legitimate, I think, to put a name change on the table as part of the renewal. I mean, this, was, this was, wasn't just uh, changing a few things. This was a really uh, deep-down renewal uh, push by the Liberals to really get away from the past because the past, uh, you know, again, you can look at it as election wins. that was, Those were successful. But as the years went by, the baggage starts to mount, and the 2013 or the 2017 election was the first indication, hmm, maybe the brand is broken. Yeah. And then 2020, well, the brand is broken. Uh, so do you change the brand, or do you stick with the brand and sort of rebuild internally? I mean, people use different uh, comparisons. Tylenol never changed its name despite all those those poisonings and deaths associated with the brand, which at the time, people thought Tylenol's dead. You know, There's no way they can recover. Well, they did recover. You know, yeah. they put that away. So, uh, again, the Liberals suffered a crushing defeat in 2020. Could they push ahead with the same name or was a new name required?
1: This I And mean, that's it, certainly
2: what Kevin Falcon's view is.
1: This has worked in other provinces. I mean, the, the well, Sask- party, Saskatchewan for is example. is the
2: most, is the yeah. most notable yeah. example. Uh, still, the jury's out in Alberta, yeah. you know, whether that's going to work there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a gamble, but it's clearly one that I think they've done some polling, they've done some focus yeah, groups, they've right. done some research of their members, and certainly 80% voted in favor of this. Now, 80% of 8,000, so it's not a huge number of people, but certainly they're following uh, what Kevin Falcon and party executive wanted.
1: 604 280 9898. Please call me and tell me your thoughts on this now. BC Liberal Party been around a long, long time. Um, Let's listen to Kevin Falcon here. He's speaking live right now on this party name change.
3: The idea of changing the name from the BC Liberal Party to BC United. Uh, As you know, when I launched my leadership race uh, or the campaign in the leadership race, I made it clear that I was going to bring forward the idea of a new name change to the members. We went through a very robust engagement process. We had our convention with 800 people. Seventy five percent of them voted to say we want to move forward with a name change. We then had over 2,000 submissions uh, to the party on potential names. We sorted through all of that through a committee of the party and came forward with the recommended BC United. We then went back to our membership and gave them the opportunity to individually vote on whether they thought that the name change was a good idea and the particular name was something they would support. And 80% of them have voted in favor of that. And I think that, uh, to me, is a commitment was made. And a commitment was kept, and I'm thrilled with the outcome and the result. And with that, I'm happy to open it up to any questions. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, We're going to go first over to Rob Shaw. Rob, can you tell us what BC United means to you and to what the public should take away from it? Sure. To me, it's about individuals that are united by common principles and values, that we believe our private sector-driven economy is the best way to generate revenues for government, so that we can fund first-class public health, education, and post-secondary services. And the key thing about it is I want this party to be a big tent party. I want to make sure that, as I've said so many times, regardless of who people choose to love or what God they choose to pray to, that they're going to feel welcome in a BC United. And that's something that was really important to me. United by values, united by a determination to focus on results and outcomes, that's the kind of folks that I think will be drawn to our party.
0: While you're here, can I ask you, uh, ABDB is being sworn in as the premier on Friday.
3: What are your thoughts on, on the Well, first of all, I'll just say this. You know, our entire caucus is here this week, uh, you know, doing work. Um, I understand the NDP caucus is apparently here too. And the question I would have is, why are we not in the legislature where David Eby should be standing up and taking questions from the opposition. And instead, they've you know uh, rigged things so that he only has to be in the, in the legislature for four days next week. And I think that's unfortunate, because if he's so proud of his party and their record, then he should be quite proud to come into the legislature and defend it in front of the opposition. Um, having said that, look, I think that what you'll see with David Eby is more of what we've seen from the NDP over five years. They're in their second term. They're very good at making promises. There'll be lots of announcements, lots of promises, very little focus on results and outcomes. This is a group that does not know how to drive for results. And it's something that I've been hammering home since I came here as leader of the opposition. Uh, If you look at their actual results, whether in healthcare, whether in crime, whether in affordability, we have some of the worst results in the country. And I'm going to hold them to account for that because we need to do better and we can do better in British Columbia.
1: Okay, that is uh, Kevin Falcon speaking live there. The new party name has gone through, BC United. You heard him talking there, Keith, about why he supports the new name change, taking some predictable shots at the NDP and the new premier being sworn in this week. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and also, just the the second question there uh, was interesting about EB being sworn in on Friday. Yeah. Um, The House isn't sitting this week, which was unscheduled. This was supposed to be a a session week, and everybody here. What's interesting, both caucuses are here. Yeah, you know, we didn't yeah. know that that they'd be they've been here for two or three days. Uh, they could have had a session. So Falcon rightly points out why are, why is everybody in town and the legislature's not in session? And they well, are
1: going through a government transition to a new longest government.
2: transition I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, it makes a valid point. Evie should have been sworn could have been sworn in earlier yeah. and been in the house and taking questions from the opposition. Now there's only four days next week uh, for for Evie to, to face uh, grilling from the opposition. So I think clearly NDP was trying to avoid some scrutiny here from uh, from the Liberals.
1: He's got 30 seconds here. I mean, you heard him describe, in in his opinion, what BC United means, and he talked about a big tent party, mm-hmm. and he also repeated that, you know, the often-heard... Talking point from from the right in in British Columbia. This is a pup. This is a free enterprise party that he's trying to run. Well, Your it's thoughts.
2: it's always been labeled uh, the Free Enterprise Coalition. Right. It's right. always been called that. So that's but that's still but, the same. Social Credit or uh, BC Liberals. Yep. Those is now BC United is the latest iteration of that political movement, which was always bringing together the conservatives and the liberals. It uh, started with W.E.C. Bennett to a point. Now, there were still conservatives and liberals under his uh, watch. But uh, then Bill Bennett absorbed the three uh, B.C. liberal MLAs in the 70s, and and the Socrate dynasty was renewed, and then Campbell renewed it again in the 90s.
1: All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Hey, Keith. Hey. Welcome back. I'm back. Okay, we got a double shot at Baldry's Beat here. So the breaking news at this hour, it's official now. The B.C. Liberal Party, the new name, B.C. United. You were just listening. Falcon is still speaking at this news conference. You You were just just listening to a bit of it.
2: Yeah, just upstairs from us, literally, about... One flight up. Yeah. Uh. So I ducked in there on during the break, and he pointed out again something we should point out. This doesn't happen instantly. Yeah. Uh. He's suddenly not going to drop BC Liberals, uh, right away. And he pointed out if there's a spring election, for example, I don't think there will be, but it's, I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to run in under in that election as BC United. Oh. There's going to be some oh, really? time before this this name change sort of evolves and gets uh, in front of the voters
1: oh so wait a sec so now what if EB suddenly decides now EB has said he's he doesn't want an election EB has said but what if he changes his mind and decides to go in the spring
2: then I think they still run as BC liberals oh, okay but it takes some time to build that brand um, could that it,
1: be could that be an attractive option to EB to sort of catch them with the liberal brand still or? I don't
2: know EB's now on the record pretty clear as saying he has no intention of calling an early election. right? And I think he would take a pretty big pasting from a lot of people were he to violate that particular promise. Horgan never promised that he would not hold an early election when he held that 2020 election. He yeah. just didn't, didn't, he's not on the record saying, I'll never do that.
1: But uh, EB is. EB is.
2: <laughs> numerous <interviews. laughs> Well, did he
1: say never, I'll never call an election, or he just doesn't want one?
2: Just no, he said he would not call an election before, um, okay. t- 2024. All right. So it's, um, but again, it's going to be interesting. It's going to take some time to, for the BC United brand to evolve. And Falcon agreed. He'll take the jokes about football teams. Yeah. About soccer teams. He says his kids play soccer. He has no problem. Uh, I've told them before, they, they will, they will be the first, uh, soccer
1: team without a left winger. Okay. All right. Go. Good one. Good one. Rim shot. Rim shot. shot.
2: But I mean, you know, joking aside, I mean, it's it's going to be a serious process for the Liberals. Uh, It is going to be probably an expensive one. He agreed that that was something he looked at. He didn't have a number, just like Carolyn Elliott didn't have a number when we asked her about that. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts that go into this brand change. I mean, BC Liberals, the name is pretty imprinted on so many things. Um, Their website, all the campaign signs. You know, one of the quite, Palmer asked a question about, you know, the NDP is out fundraising the liberals two or three to one. And suddenly, um, the liberals are going to have to spend a chunk of coin on this new brand. And that's everything from the infrastructure of the party to campaign literature and campaign signs. So uh, those are all election expenses that, you know, are put against what you can spend, according to elections B.C.
1: And isn't there also the risk of some public confusion? Like, Falcon has said the reason they're doing this is because people were confused about the federal Liberal Party. But I wonder if this injects potentially more confusion. What do, people don't know what B.C. United is. And that's
2: the challenge that, that Kevin Falcon now has. He has to show yeah. and tell people what B.C. United is. Yeah. And I still maintain they run a bit of a risk losing some of that soft Liberal vote that may have been comfortable voting for Christy Clark or or whoever, even Andrew Wilkinson in the last election, um, but not might be so um, comfortable if BC United is shaped as a conservative party. Right. Yeah. And if you look at the caucus of the BC Liberals, it's predominantly conservative-leaning politicians. Sure. For As much as this is supposed to be a liberal-conservative coalition, it has drifted into being basically a conservative party with a couple liberals attached to it, but the overwhelming uh, majority within that caucus is certainly center right.
1: Okay, let's talk about some of the stresses on our healthcare system right now. And we see a disturbing surge in the number of sick kids. We had in global news last night, the Mm -hmm. long waits, particularly at BC Children's Hospital. If you have a sick child, you decide to go to the emergency room there at BC Children's, be prepared to wait for like nine, ten hours potentially. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty tough when you got a sick child and you're worried and you're waiting hours and hours and hours to see a doctor.
2: one contributing factor to this is the lack of children's pain medication.
1: Right, yeah. You know, there are
2: bare shelves, and normally a lot of these ailments could have been treated with children's Tylenol or children's uh, pain medication, pain relief, and that's just been a scarce uh, quantity of them. Uh, Jean-Yves Duclos, the federal health minister this week, and um, in, in Health Canada insisting that uh, there is going to be more delivered to uh, Canada and to BC. We just don't have a a strong timeline on that. So that's a contributing factor. But it's also the respiratory illness season. And we're seeing a resurgence of um, RSV, which is a a type of virus that's always been around, but it's hitting kids in much greater numbers now. And we're seeing in Ontario a real problem where they're at about 150% of capacity of, of ICU beds uh, ICU patients of, pedi- of kids of pediatric kids care. in ICU. Yeah. Wow! So I did a piece last night on global uh, breaking down the ICU numbers in BC for kids, and in Kelowna they've got six ICU beds, but eleven kids are in ICU, so they've had to uh, fashion basically double the ICU unit. Their average surge at a hundred percent. Children's Hospital is at a at a smaller percentage capacity, but they've been hit by other illnesses as well. Uh, Overall, it's about 70% capacity across the province, about 160, 165 kids in ICU. And these are critical care kids. These are not just, you know, sniffles and stuff. These are kids with serious enough illness to require critical care, uh, which has triggered some staffing uh, issues because you don't, I think it's one and a half to one um, in critical care. Uh, in terms of staff, people, to patient, So it's, um, it's a significant uh, problem. It's growing in scope. And we talked to Adrian Dix uh, about, yesterday. He says it's not pulling any punches. It's going to get worse before it gets better.
1: Let's listen to Dr. Anna Wolak here, who is a family doctor. I spoke about this issue with her on the show the other day. And here she's talking about some of her concerns about this surge in sick children.
0: It's quite nerve wracking because these are little kids and all physicians know that when little kids get sick, they can turn on a dime. They can look really well one minute and then get really quite sick the other.
1: I really feel for a parent who has a sick child, and well, wants to go to the who needs to go to the children, hospital.
2: No, has experience of their kid just as Dr. Woluk says seeming fine and then having a temperature of 103. Yeah, um, which can start pushing people to hospitals and, uh, in some cases, requiring critical care. So we've, we've had critical care cases at this level before, but the pandemic, um, because there was far less exposure, there was far less illness in terms of respiratory illness. We didn't have flu. We didn't have oh. RSV. What is this RSV? What this is a, a respiratory, and I cannot pronounce the middle name, it's cyclical something, uh, virus, which is a respiratory uh, illness. Um, but it can be serious enough in small children to require uh, hospitalization or ICU uh, care. And again, we're, not, we're seeing a real sur- surge of that in Ontario, uh, slightly less so in BC. But if you go back through many times in the pandemic, we were always a couple of weeks behind Ontario on certain developments when it came to COVID. Yeah. And perhaps we're going to see that with RSV.
1: One of the things that Dr. Anna Wolak said to me in that interview there was if you do have a sick child at home and you are worried and you're hearing these reports about long waits at children's hospital to see a doctor, don't let that deter you to go to the hospital. If you're really worried, go to the hospital. Well, and there's other hospitals. Yeah,
2: you know, there's there's a number of hospitals in Vancouver. It might be right. a little further distance to travel, right. but don't avoid the hospital because right. you don't want to wait.
1: Here's uh, Adrian. And by the way, Adrian Dix has a news conference coming up later this morning with uh, Doctor Bonnie, Bonnie Henry. Henry. Yeah. No
2: new, no new real announcements at this. It's just another briefing similar to what we got from them in September, f- sort of painting scenarios of what could happen in our hospital system. Uh, through the coming months, first next two or three months in the respiratory illness season, and what measures will be taken to deal with them. For example, I think they're lining up more beds in the private sector to to purchase them, to bring into the public sector in case the cases start to really skyrocket. So no new measures announced. There's not going to be a mask mandate announced at this briefing. Uh, There'll be Mm -hmm. questions about it. Um, But uh, we're going to just get a reminder of where we're at when it comes to respiratory illnesses, Uh, not just kids, but everyone, And where we could be headed.
1: Okay, and now for something completely different. Donald Trump is back. Here he is making his announcement. He will run for president again. Here's Trump.
4: In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. So many incredible friends and family here tonight. It's such a beautiful thing.
1: you know, I watched a bit of that last night. Fox News actually pulled out of it early. That sort of shows you where I think waning enthusiasm for Trump, of even Fox News, is yeah, deciding to right. pull the plug on it. But he just sound, to me, he sounded like completely bored out, yeah. of his, out of his mind. I've
2: never seen him give a good speech myself. I think it's just always rambling and, and such. But he, it's, it's appealed to a, a core voter base out there, obviously. Yeah. But I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see this happen. I think the, the Republican Party is going to be riven apart I think uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be a major force in this. So Trump says he's running for president. He's not running for president yet. He's got to get the nomination first. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a tougher battle than he thinks.
1: Okay, and you know, and you
2: got a, you got a lot of right wing commentators have turned their back on him well, and I'm people t-
1: in the party. Well, here's a good, another good example of that. I'm looking at the New York Post newspaper, which Rupert is owned earned by R- Rupert Murdoch, owner of Fox News, right. And front page of the New York Post today, teeny tiny type at the bottom of the front page. It says Florida man makes announcement. That was, <laughs> that was the headline. And it, and a small story buried in the paper. I mean, they've, you know, if you've lost Fox News, you've lost, you've lost Rupert Murdoch. I, how does he, he can't win. I mean, this is going to be, he's going to get shellacked. Well, by I never DeSantis.
2: say he can't because well. we don't underestimate Trump, but I think he's in a much deeper hole than he's ever been. Yeah. Uh, he's not coming at this on high. I mean, Rupert Murdoch's New York Post headline the day after the midterms was, was showing Trump biggest loser. The biggest loser. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's lost some of the key components of that right-wing machine down there, whether it's Ann Coulter, Fox News, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, Others, uh, members of the Republican Party, are turning on him. So he's not coming into this in a position of strength.
1: I think the Democrats are probably happy that he's running. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: he's tossing hand grenades into his own party. Right, sure. And that party's opponents are going to watch this with a lot of glee.
1: Baldry's beat. Lots of phone calls here. Let's go right to them. D on the line in Maple Ridge. Hi, D. Go ahead.
0: Yes, good morning. I just wanted to say it doesn't matter what the name change is. The party is the party. And as for what they've done to the BC teachers in the school system over years and years and years, I will not be voting liberal, and neither will any of my teacher friends.
1: Okay, do you think they're trying or to BC trick United? Yeah, do you think they're trying to trick people, and there's something that they're really not? Same old party?
0: It's the same old party, just a different name. And this is going to cost taxpayers more money for all of what they want to do and to change all their letterhead and signs and everything else.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm not sure. It'll, thanks for the call. I don't think it'll cost taxpayers money. It'll won't, cost the Liberal Party It will cost money. taxpayers a
2: cent. Yeah. It'll cost the B.C. Liberals. I predict sure. an NDP MLA will say you can put lipstick on a
1: pig but it's still a pig. Yeah, right. That's going to come out at some or point. Or the leopard cannot change. It's yeah. proverbial think, spots. Pick an animal yeah. in terms of the metaphor. I mean, they're already put out, the NDP have already put out a release this morning saying Falcon is just trying to hide his record. You know, this is the still party of the, the privileged oh, and sure. well-connected. Yeah. You know. and that's
2: going to be the song sheet they're going to be singing yeah. from for a while.
1: 604 98 9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. John in Richmond.
4: Hi, John Krocock uh, here. Of course, BC Action Party. But anyways, um, of course, what's happening of with course. the change of the name? <laughs> what's that? Uh,
1: just go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. No, no
4: problem. Okay. Um, one of the things is, if he's supposed to be in the United Party, he got rid of John uh, Rusin, uh, Rustin. Sorry, Rustin. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, just for uh, forwarding a, a difference of opinion. I mean, if he's, you know, and, you know, he's got the connections for N Corp. His brother used to work for N uh, You know, th- different things like that. And he's mm. trying to, you know, this United Party is going to backfire. Of course we know what he's doing, because I was involved when we had the Conservative, Conservative Party. We were hiring the polls than they were before the election, you know, with John Cummings, and it, it all mm. fell apart. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's other things that are involved. We do want a right wing party, but we want one that is accountable and
1: transparent. And he okay, okay, John, yeah, okay. Thanks for the call. I
2: still think a big part of this was worries coming out of the 2020 election results that the BC Conservative vote, even though the party wasn't much of a threat to win a lot, win the seats, was a threat to take enough votes potentially away from the Liberals in some key areas. Um, to give the NDP uh, the ability to win in places like Langley, Chilliwack, uh, Abbotsford, where they never won before. And if, right. if, if, if that continues to be the case, that becomes very problematic for the Liberals to hold government. So I think maybe Falcon's right in that. There were some voters uh, who were considering themselves to be conservatives – who had trouble voting for the BC Liberals? Right, they what the they would, areas. and they might vote for that BC and Conservative back, Party. Maybe they come back to the BC United Party. Right, uh, when right. faced with a conservative uh, candidate and a BC yeah. United candidate, maybe that's where the comfort zone is. Yep. for that Paul,
1: order. Paul in North Delta. Hi, Paul. Go ahead. Hey, morning, guys. Uh, I'm just kind of changing topic here. I'm just so
4: excited that Carrie uh, Lake lost in Arizona because uh, i found family in Arizona, and mm-hmm. they were just elated. Um, it's it's nice to see the U.S. is kind of turning that page on the toxic you know, marks from the, the Trumpians and all that have you. Mm-hmm. So I got to they were just on cloud nine when they, when they found out she lost because it was a pretty scary time for them. Let me tell you. Well,
2: Carrie Lake was particularly offensive in her attacks. on. It's basically a carbon copy of Trump, you it, know, and his tactics, even a little more extreme than Trump. I mean, yeah. she was really over the top in her attacks on you're going to get, you just wait till I get in. You're going to, you're going to pay for it uh, yeah. to people. So really threatening behavior. So she lost by, but, yeah, you know, flip side of this, she only lost by less than 1% of No, the vote. it was close. Um, and she's now, of course, claiming it was all f- fraudulent. Right. She's an election denier. There were a lot of people, uh, deniers, who lost in this election. But there was still a fairly, you know, number of Republic- far-right Republicans who were elected. Um, take Herschel Walker in Georgia. They're going to have a runoff there in the Senate. Uh, he's pretty out there. He's You know, he's been accused of... Uh, abuse by two former partners. He's paid for abortions for women, even though he claims to be anti-abortion. So, you know, he still has a chance of getting elected. Of course, enough. he denied that. He denied he he paid for abortion. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. denied the election result last time.